Stories hold a lot of power in their ability to teach and edify us. And one of my favorite stories is the legend of Paul Bunyan. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. I'm Cody Teal. Thanksgiving is right around the corner and I am so excited for that. I'm excited for the football. It's been an awesome fall and I hope you're looking forward to that time as well. Now, segueing from the story, Paul Bunyan. Growing up, there were three stories I just loved growing up. And that was the, the story of Paul Bunyan, Pecos Bill, and John Henry. And there were the Disney shorts, and I could watch those short little cartoons over and over and over again. And, you know, like, as a kid, you just love the story for the story. And as an adult, you go through this thing called college <laughs> or, or school. And me in particular, I went had a humanities degree. And uh, you start to look at those stories in a different light you start to analyze them in the context that they were, they were written in. Cause, cause when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, this is a fun story. There's this guy and he's, you know, this big lumberjack and he's chopping woods. He's got his, his little, his friend, not his little friend, his big friend, baby blue ox or, or John Henry or Pecos bill or whatever. And it's just a cool legend, right? We just love those legends. But then like, as time goes on, you start to like, see like there's, there's more here and, and life experiences help teach you like, Wow, this is the reason the story has stuck around for so long is that there's something I can still relate with hundreds of years or, or decades after it's been published or, or popular. And uh, in, in the story, like specifically, this, I don't, we'll go into Paul Bunny in a second, but all these stories, they deal with something that America had an identity crisis with and it still does today. And that's why we still tell those stories. And it's what happens when you have this ideal, this character, this market, this workforce that's been built up around a certain job or role, and then you have industrialization, modernization that comes in that replaces it. How do we deal with that as, as individuals? How do we deal with that as a, as a community, as a nation? And you see that in order to deal, cope with that, they have to tell these stories in order to give honor to the old, but also like give a welcome to the new and be, like the reason those stories are still relevant today are because is because we still grapple with that same challenge and anyway so Paul Bunyan let's go into Paul Bunyan if you don't know the story of Paul Bunyan there's you can go on YouTube and watch the Disney short it's about 17 minutes long I think 18 minutes somewhere around there but it, it's a beautiful story so you have this lumberjack and he is a strong, burly epitome of a man, right? He's larger than life. Literally, he, he comes in a, in a crib the size of a barn and is, is, is good. Down-home parents raise him, you know, adopt him or whatever, or, or maybe they had him, I don't know, but they found him. And he is born to be a lumberjack. He can swing an ax stronger than any man and cut down a tree in a single, single, single swing. And 
he goes about doing his job and he's so, so strong. They have to give him a double headed axe and he finds one of the, among his adventures. He finds his friend, babe, the blue ox and babe and him fight and they, they rumble and tumble and their, their battle is so great that it creates the Northern lights and they become best friends. And so now you have, as a young boy, you just start to fall in love with this character. You have this great, strong man and he has got his buddy the ox and everybody loves and looks up to him the community admires him but along comes this sneaky little salesman this little inventor that had built a machine that he claims can beat any man and you're like no 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 paul is the best i know paul i'm familiar with paul and he's going to take this guy down and they have this epic battle and they cut down a forest of trees and at the end they measure who could cut down the most trees in the day? And it's really close, but the chainsaw wins. And we're all sad because we spent all this time invested in Paul's story. And he leaves to go to Canada to a more rural location where there's not as much competition. <laughs> but we all, I think we can all relate. And this is, Again, this story applies today, you know, to taxi drivers that are going to lose or truck drivers that are going to lose their jobs to automated driving, right? To self-driving, to accountants that lost their job to computers, to, you know, like, for example, to bring this really close to home, I hate doing housework. And in the old days, if I hated doing housework, I hired a housekeeper, and they did the dishes and filled the laundry and, and, and cleaned up the floor and mopped everything and, and whatever, right? And, and not that that's not still there nowadays, but more, a lot of people had housekeepers back then because they were relatively inexpensive. But they had to pay them every month because they had their human, you had to feed humans. And so they came up with this thing called a dishwasher and a washing machine and a vacuum. And all of a sudden, this job that was very laborious, all of a sudden was automated and you saw a huge decline in the number of housekeepers. And yes, that's sad, but we don't like today. We don't think, Oh, that's really sad. There's less housekeepers nowadays. We just think, Oh, it's nice to have that dishwasher. We can just put our dishes in, press play. And an hour later, clean dishes pop out. (laughs) And it's actually more efficient with water use than, than a mate anyway. So, but I think it's worth taking time to reflect and say in my role, what can I do to automate it? What can I do to make that job easier? One, so I'm not obsolete, but two, so I'm more valuable, right? Like if we can, like, this is my biggest question with Paul Bunyan. Why didn't Paul just pick up the freaking chainsaw? Come on, dude. Like you're bigger and stronger than that little Weasley dude. You can use that chainsaw better. Like, why did he leave? You know, why didn't John Henry say, yeah, I can use this machine better than I can use a hammer. He didn't. And I think that's really interesting because, well, again, obviously the story is about this, this industrialization movement and how there are people that do lose opportunities, but those people choose to lose the opportunity by, by not training themselves to use the machine. And so that's the same thing in our lives, guys. Like there's so many ways we can automate our work but we choose not to. And I don't know why that is. I think it's sometimes like we get comfortable where we're at. And uh, it, it, there's a really good book called The Innovator's Dilemma. It's very thick. 
It's really hard read, but it, it, it says this, it has this theory. It says that once you get comfortable doing something like, so there'll be a business like Sears, Sears will revolutionize the way it does sales. And then they get comfortable and they focus on profit and not an innovation. And then all of a sudden a big upstart comes Amazon which basically does the same thing Sears did. It just was online, which is really funny. But, and they take over the market. And because that old established company is not willing to innovate, they go out of business. And so this is called this innovator's dilemma. It's this idea that a company will, will innovate in early stages, but they'll stick with that innovation. But eventually that innovation goes out of date. And he, the Clay Christiansen, the, or Clay Christensen, the, the author says, I think that's the author. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but he, he says that, you know, companies like Apple, what they, what they've been able to do to, to guard against this is they buy companies up that are very successful in those innovations and they adopt those innovations as their own. And this is like, for example, with a fingerprint, right? Like when technology, when, when Apple came out with a fingerprint sensor, they didn't create that themselves. They bought another company that was the best at it. And sure, for Apple, having to pay billions of dollars in these mergers sucks. But what sucks worse is having to lose. And I think that's so funny with salespeople and businessmen. Like, we all get caught in this. We all think the way we're doing right now is the best way. That's the proven way. But guess what? If we stick with that and we aren't constantly learning and adapting... We will eventually lose. That's the pattern of things, okay? Or, or we'll not make as much. But because we're, we're afraid to invest, we're afraid to take out our pocketbooks and invest in something. Sure, we lose sometimes, but most of the time we win on innovation. And yeah, it does disrupt our old business model. And there are some people that are gonna, not gonna adapt and lose out. But that's what I've noticed in my own life is I, as I look to people that are on the forefront of my field, it's scary because it's unproven and I'm paying for something that I don't think will work. But I've noticed that as I pay for those programs and develop those skills, instead of being Paul Bunyan, the guy that has to walk with his tail between his legs with his beautiful blue ox back up to Canada, I'm the wood chopping guy who's making a ton of money because I bought the freaking chainsaw, right? And the cool thing is, is if you have all those skills developed and you, if someone comes along and gives you a chainsaw, you're all the better for it, right? You're, you're so much better. But you have to remember, it does cost to pay for the chainsaw. You have to pay for the chainsaw. But a machine is way worth it. I would much rather buy a car and finance a car than have to rely on a bike or, or walking all the time. It's, it's worth the cost. And so in your own lives, in your own professional development, please, please, please be willing to invest in yourself. Please be willing to pay the price for the machine. And what you'll notice is one, it'll make your lives a lot easier. But two, those machines pay for themselves, not only in money, but also in time very, very, very quickly. Just like a dishwasher does. Just like a vacuum. Can you imagine if you had to clean your carpets by hand? How tedious that would be. Guess what? Door to door is a manual job. 
that takes a lot of time. And there's ways to completely automate that. That's one of my jobs is creating systems that help people automate it. And if you want to find out more, we're launching a course that teaches you how to build these machines to make your life so much easier so you don't end up like Paul Bunyan. And yes, it's going to cost you. But just like the chainsaw, that initial investment pays off wildly quickly. Like a chainsaw versus an axe will pay itself off in like probably like 30 minutes, right? Yeah, the axe is a lot cheaper, but the chainsaw is going to get you a lot farther, further, a lot faster. So that's my message for the day. If you like this, if you felt this, please subscribe. Please feel free to reach out to me if you're like, dang, Cody, I want to automate some of my sales. Guess what? We have a machine that will literally help automate your lead generation and your customer satisfaction. Okay. Helping your customers be satisfied. That's it for today. Have a good week and happy Thanksgiving.